the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in Romans chapter 15, and through Romans 14, we were talking about the division within the Roman fellowship over those who were weak and those who were strong. And the strong exercised what they believed to be their spiritual liberty with confidence at the expense of the weak, and the weak were making judgments about what the strong were doing. And there was a division a fissure, a fracture. Well, we're going to go to chapter 15 today, and Paul continues this discussion, his uh, point of concern, talking to us about how we interact with one another in Christ. Now, we know that the Word of God is the inspired Word of God. The Scriptures are the inspired Word of God, but chapter divisions are not. And some of them are unfortunate, and this is one of those. All right. Paul is continuing on in his teaching the fellowship in Rome that faith is their point of union, not their point of division. Faith is their point of union, not their point of division. As I pointed out to you before, in marriage, in relationships, for the Christian, there's only one point of union. It's not in your affinities. It's not in your compatibility. You can agree on everything and still find division. The reality of it is there's only one place of union. There's only one point of union for your relationships, for your marriage, for everything that you enter into as a Christian. There's only one point of union. It is Christ. It is Christ. If you try to to gather together to make a union out of anything else, it will divide. It will separate. Now, Paul's addressing the division in the Roman church, and the the two sections that he's addressing is the weak and the strong. And again, I'll go over that with you. These are these the strong are those who are exercising their liberty in Christ. The weak are those because of their conscience or their convictions uh, will not exercise certain liberties. And we could be talking about the Jew, the converted Jew who won't eat non-kosher foods, or we could be talking about the converted Gentile who will not eat meat that's sacrificed into idols. And you see them dividing along these lines, and Paul's addressing that. And he says, this is not a point of division. This is a non-essential. 
This is a non-moral issue. The issue in this is not who is right and who is wrong. The issue is separation. The issue is division. And Paul wants them to understand that there is no division in Christ. The divisions that were made were based in pride. They were based in selfishness, as most divisions are. Now, you know this from your own relationships. You can have two people having a discussion and let one of them or both of them enter into pride and that discussion turns into an argument. Immediately, the whole tenor of the thing changes. It turns into a fight. Paul wants him to understand that the separation and the judgment was far more damaging than the issues that they were dividing over. When you see people in relationships dividing up When you see people in the family of God dividing up, you know the flesh is there. You know the enemy's there. You know somebody has stepped in pride. Pride is the life's blood of the flesh, of people who live according to the flesh. The body of Christ is not established in flesh. The child of God is not established in flesh. Here's the thing we need to remember. Our identity is spiritual. It's not physical. And when we divide over physical, temporal issues, we're being fleshy. Or another word for that is carnal. Again, I'm not talking about moral issues. I'm not talking about right or wrong. The scripture, along with the spirit of truth in you, gives you a very clear picture of what is right and what is wrong before God. We are to walk according to the purity and righteousness of our new created life we stand in truth but we do not stand in pride and what is truth to us it's a person it's jesus so look along with me as we go into romans chapter 15 verse 1 we who are strong in our convictions and of robust faith ought to bear with the failings and the frailties and the tender scruples of the weak We ought to help carry the doubts and qualms of others and not to please ourselves. And notice in the very beginning of this that Paul aligns himself with the strong. Now, that had to be pretty significant in their eyes as they read this, particularly for those who counted themselves as strong. But Paul, Paul's intention is not to align himself with a faction in this. No, rather to let them understand that he had to learn to be free and exercise his Christian liberty with one priority in mind. That is to demonstrate the love of Christ first and foremost, to demonstrate the love of Christ towards one another. You see, the life that we have within us, the life of Christ, the life of the new creation is selfless, not selfish. Judgments and comparisons, we've talked about this before. Judgments, criticisms, comparisons, bitterness, all of those things are born out of the flesh. They're not born out of the Spirit. The biggest enemy of the body of Christ is the flesh, seeking to establish ourselves in the flesh. Now, Paul identifies with the strong, and he says there's a higher priority the life that we have within us, which is selfish. Paul's appealing to the strong, and he's appealing to that life in them. He says, 
We who are strong in our convictions, our robust faith, ought to bear with the failings and frailties and the tender scruples of the weak. What he is telling us is how the strong in faith should interact, how the strong in faith should behave, how the strong in faith should stand. That means, when he says there that the strong ought to, he's saying that the strong is obligated to. And what he means by that is, look, guys, this is what strength looks like. This is what it means to be strong. To be strong doesn't mean that you have such great liberty in Christ that you can go out and do things that actually offend or hurt your weaker brother. The strength that you have is based in Christ, and that life is selfless. The strength that you have is based in who you are in Christ. It is the strength to carry forward in faith, the love of Christ. It is the strength to be able to express that love and to suffer loss, to be selfless. You know, we don't suffer loss in the spirit. There is nothing anybody can take away from the new creation in you. Nobody can take anything away from you, not on this side of heaven or the other. There will be nothing extracted from your spiritual person. Where can they rob us of life? Where can they hurt us? Where can they take things from us? The flesh. Now, you see, this life is not that complicated. We're often wondering why we are constantly in situations that take things from us or push us to trust God to provide what the world has seemingly taken. But here's the reality. Paul says we live this life by faith. And faith is not something that we receive and receive more of. It's something literally that we have. And God has placed us in a position to continually cause us to call upon that faith. Did you run into a problem this week? Did you run into a difficulty? Did something stretch you? Well, my gosh, God would be surprised, wouldn't he? I mean, after all, we Christian life's all about us being at peace and never having any problems and walking around with a cheese-eating grin saying Jesus loves you. Isn't that the Christian life? No, the Christian life is moving from one situation to the next in faith. Y'all remember when we had that big, big freeze? And you know, the news, of course, San Antonio, nobody drives right in the dry weather, much less in a freeze. So they're telling everybody, you know, better stay home. This is, this is catastrophic. We have, you know, as much as an inch of ice somewhere, somewhere. Maybe on a bridge. So stay home. Of course, we love that day off. Can't come in. We got eyes somewhere. The issue is that nobody needs to leave because we're all afraid that somebody else is going to hit us. Of course, we're the only ones that know how to drive out there. Well, I had, I had at that time a, a vehicle that had four-wheel drive. I had never tested that four-wheel drive out. But I was kind of anxious to do so. So I got up and my wife says to me, you're not going to work, are you? I said, yes, I am. She said, did you know that there's ice somewhere? And I said, yeah, I know, but I'm going to go anyway. I got that four-wheel drive. Well, I got in the truck and I put it in four-wheel drive and I creeped my way to work. And I got there safe. But everybody around me was doing all the circus tricks, you know. They were rolling and spinning and carrying them. 
The point I'm making is that I wanted to test it. But I had to have an opportunity to test it. The four-wheel drive didn't come to me with the ice. I always had the four-wheel drive. But I never had the opportunity to test it. Well, this is the way faith works in our lives. That God has put us in the right place at the right time. I know that every one of us is going through a certain struggle right now. And we would call out to God and say, Lord, I wish I had never made this mistake. I wish that I was never here. I wish I had turned left instead of right. Oh, Lord, I wish that you could deliver me from this circumstance. And God saying, I walked you into it. Welcome. Here is your opportunity to utilize faith and enter into the truth of all that I placed in you. You see, the, ex- the testing of faith is not testing whether or not you have strong faith, not testing whether or not you have a certain capacity or a certain amount of faith. The testing of faith is whether or not you're going to use the faith you got. And it's not God up there wondering, I wonder what he's going to do. God's not doing that. God is saying, now look, it's, a, it's just like us teaching our kids to walk. You know, come on, make one more step. You can do it, buddy. You can do it one more step. Come on, you can do it one more step. And that's what we're doing down here. We've been given the capacity to walk. We've been given the legs to go forward. And in fact, it suits us not just to walk, but to run. We can get around with freedom because we were made to move in freedom. But we have to have opportunity and we are encouraged. We're encouraged in faith to just walk, to go forward. And we fall and we fail. But you know, I've said this before. There wasn't a single child of mine that took off walking without any falling. And I'm sure that there wasn't a single time that I looked at one of them after they'd fallen and said, this is hopeless. You know what? We're going to get you one of them motorized carts because you're going nowhere on those two things. I never said that. The truth is that I had an expectation. I had a faith. I had a conviction that these children would walk well and walk because they had all the equipment. It was pretty apparent to me. And you know what? Isn't it true? As parents, we do all, everything we can do to get them to walk. And then after they do, we're trying to contain them. What's that about? Now, here's the reality of it. The exercise of faith is what's at stake here. These different believers, both of them, not one didn't have more Jesus than the other. The strong didn't have more Jesus than the other. And I will tell you something, the strong didn't have more faith than the weak. The difference was the level of maturation, the level of growth on this side of the aisle versus that side of the aisle that says, I can walk. I can walk. And what Paul's saying when he says we need to love one another, and and we'll talk about this a little further, we need to help our weaker brother. What he's saying is when the service is over, don't all the strong run out and leave the weak struggling, trying to pull themselves off the pew. Get over there and help them. The life we have is selfless. Because we are strong, we know our liberty is in Christ, not in what we do or do not do do so we are able to abstain from certain things for the sake of the weak and not lose our liberty now the issue of liberty today can be a whole lot different than it was then 
It may be about watching television or listening to popular music. It may be over a glass of wine or dancing. But here in all things, we are to love and lift up Christ. That's what we're called to do. This is really the mark of spiritual maturity. So here it is. I have the freedom to run, but because my brother can barely walk, I walk beside him. I hold his hand. I teach him by virtue of my loving him. I bring him along. That's the picture. You see, it's not a point of division. And what we do when we enter into pride is, man, you are really gumming up the works. I'm trying to get over to the fellowship hall. Don't you know they got chicken tonight? Come on. That's what we do. That's flesh, right? No. What he says is you help, you hold, you encourage and say, you know what, brother, it's okay. I know exactly what you're going through. It's all right. I will walk with you. I will give up my freedom to run, to be first in line. I will walk with you. Paul saying that if you are truly strong, this is how you'll behave. The strong can be selfless. And it appears that some of the brethren in the Roman fellowship had used their strength to exercise their personal liberty to please themselves rather than be selfless. And Paul's saying, that's not what strong looks like. Paul is saying, I am strong and this is how I live. First John, I love this verse. First John chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him, that is Christ, ought to, as a personal debt, to walk and to conduct himself in the same way in which he walked, that is Christ, he walked and conducted himself. Now, that's what Paul's talking about. You see, selflessness flows from our abiding. It flows from who we are in Christ. We don't create it, we yield to it. Jesus was selfless. He walked in humble obedience to the Father. Obedience in love was the right that he claimed. And he claimed it in every circumstance, in every situation, in every aspect of his living. We who are strong are empowered to love the weak and to deny ourselves. Romans 15.2. Romans 15.2. Let each one of us make it a practice to please. Make happy his neighbor for his good and for his true welfare, to edify him, to strengthen him, and build him up spiritually. Now, what does let us tell you? Well, it tells you you have to choose it. There's an option here. Do you want to walk according to the flesh? Do you want to walk according to the spirit? If you walk according to the spirit, it means that you become selfless. You have the good of others before yourselves. That tells us we have to choose. The art of loving others before ourselves is actually natural to the believer. Do you think it's natural to, the, to Jesus to love others first? Do you think it's natural for him? Do you think he can handle that? Whose life do you have? His life. Now, see, here's the thing we've got to understand. He isn't visiting his attributes on us. He literally joined our life to his life so that his attributes are ours. So everything that God commands of us in concerning expressing those attributes are literally drawing upon the strength within us. They're not asking us to be something we're not. They're asking us to be something the flesh is not. Loving an enemy, flesh doesn't do that. 
Walking in faith, trusting in God, the flesh doesn't do that. And loving a weaker brother, the flesh doesn't do that either. And building up, taking the time and the interest in someone in order to encourage them and build them up in truth and and bring them along in truth, the flesh doesn't do that either unless it has a personal interest. And it's never about truth, it's about the individual. You see, what God has called us to is to live out. This is that this is that step of faith. This is that action of faith. This is us making the truth within us truly our lives. Now, Paul is not talking about here being a man pleaser, but to please the truth of your brother, to edify his relationship with the Lord, reminding him of how much he is loved. You know, we had a little birthday gathering for my mother uh, last night. And everybody got up and spoke, and different people spoke about different things that she had encouraged them. And one of the constant theme there was, was Jesus, that she had encouraged them to walk in truth. But one of the things my daughter Hadassah has said was that one thing that I remember most that Mama did while I was living with her is that she continually reminded me how much my father, not me, that father, loves me. How much? How deep the father's love for us. She reminded me of that. You know, that's what that means. That's what Paul's talking about. That's what we are to do within this body. Continually pointing to the strength and the hope of our life. Continually encouraging faith and hope in one another. Pointing to who loves us. Pointing to his life within us. Saying, listen brother, do you know how loved you are? Do you know how loved you are? Do you know how much he cares for you? Because if you knew that, then you would find that the things of this world can grow dim in your eyes. You will begin to trust. And it starts with love, doesn't it? It starts with love. Love starts and trust follows. And what follows trust? Rest. Now, I don't know too many Christians that don't want to embrace rest. But I know a lot of Christians who refuse to embrace trust. And that's the issue. It requires us to be selfless. It requires us to give up who we think we are in the flesh. It requires us to die to our rights. We who are strong in faith are to walk in faith. Look at that verse again. He says, it is the way we are made. He is indicating that it is natural to us, and this is what must be practiced or exercised. It means all of us. The weak and the strong are to exercise this. This is how you become strong in faith. And a lot of people spend a lot of time praying for more faith. And the enemy loves to get us all involved in praying for things that God had no inclination or intention of doing. So that he can turn around and point to it and say, yeah, see there, you can't trust God. Can't believe him. Or see there, you don't have enough faith. Listen. Faith for us doesn't have to be attached to some temporal object. It doesn't have to be our economy for gaining in this life. Faith for us is to embrace the richness of Christ that we already have. 
you'll never be disappointed. You will never be disappointed. Well, you mean I have to lay down my my identity? I mean, I'm an executive, and after all, I've made a lot of headway as this, you know, and people respect my position. You mean I have to lay that down? If you do, and you embrace the truth of who you really are, you won't be disappointed. You see, what I say, what we say a lot of times around here, is Christ is making a deal with you. He will trade his everything for your nothing. That's how we're to live in life. We're constantly bartering our nothing for his everything. And faith is the exercise of that. True happiness is how we build one another up. True happiness and good welfare is bringing people to the truth of who our God is. It's changing their focus from themselves to Jesus. It's not the building up of the flesh. It's the edifying of our common identity. That's how we build each other up spiritually. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking away. It's a matter of focus. Looking away from all that will distract us to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let him see Jesus. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship, but we need to let you know that we have moved. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m., and our new location is 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.